Welcome to the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of March 23rd. I'm your host, D. Suave, Derek Kessinger, joined by the editorial staff of future Hall of Famer Todd Turner, notes guru Kevin Kobach, and big shot Bob Robert Holman. And guys, we finally had some racing. After last week, virtually every race got rained out. We had a few special events that ran this weekend. Yes, we had some weather issues that bumped some things around, but we were good to go. And Kovac, after getting the race moved to Sunday from its original date on Friday, Jimmy Owens picked up a Lucas Oil victory at Atomic Speedway, outrunning the young gun Devin Moran. Big time win for the O Show. Yeah, Jimmy needed that, I think. Uh, It wasn't the best... uh... Speed weeks for him. I mean, when you look back at that, he had that win. He kind of had that win right in the middle, a smack dab in the middle of, of speed weeks at Alltech. So uh, he almost maybe could forget about it because there was so much racing before and after it. But other than that, he didn't finish better than eighth in, uh, I believe, 12 starts. So, um, and he also had to deal with that. Uh, he didn't go to Volusia. He dealt with the passing of his uh, owner, Leon Ramirez. Uh, he ended up going over. Uh, missing a day at, at East Bay just to go visit him while he was ailing. And then after that, uh, uh, he went back. Uh, he skipped Volusia to go to the funeral uh, for his owner. So that was a kind of a, a sad part of his speed weeks. Doesn't make it very memorable when it loses his car owner like that. But uh, he got back on track now. Uh, had a good weekend. He went out there to Boyd's and jumped in, you know, just kind of uh, went there after a time. I mean, the excuse me, Brownstown was supposed to run on Saturday. Um, and then that was canceled. So he went over to Boyd's and got a, got a top three there. And then he goes to, goes to Atomic, gets a win. I'm pretty, pretty dominant, you know, pretty much in control after the, you know, after, after one lap and to beat Devin Moran, that's Devin Moran's home turf now and how hot he is. I mean, he's up in the top three about every 90 races this year. And, And to beat Devin at Atomic where Devin won several big races last year. Uh, was was pretty good. De- definitely an uplifting win for Jimmy. Uh, it, it should send him into this uh, coming weekend, uh, you know, with a Bristol uh, Dirt Nationals two fifty thousand dollar to win shows, and uh, this weekend and two for the next week. I mean, it gives him a little bit of momentum. Yeah, huge win for Jimmy Owens. People forget, like you said, that he had that big win at Alltech as well. Speed Weeks is a long, long process. So sometimes, if you get a win, people will forget about it, especially if it's in the middle or towards the beginning. Todd. How important was it, though, for Lucas Oil to get this race in? Because if they didn't get it in, their next race would have been April 8th. That would have been nearly 60 days since their last races at East Bay. I think they needed a race to get some momentum and keep this thing going and chugging along. Yeah, that's in the spring. It's, you know, with the weather and everything, it's hard to get those races in. So, yeah, this weekend's kind of bridging uh, the regular season and speed weeks. Uh, it's funny how it turned out almost like last year, though. You know, same thing. Atomic on Friday, Brownstown on Saturday. The Atomic weather is no good. They shifted to Sunday, and 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 last year, of course, Brownstown's race. They they attempted to get it in, uh, and it was uh, canceled uh, because of rough track conditions during the race. So they didn't complete that event then. Uh, so then they get to Atomic on Sunday to salvage the weekend for basically the second year in a row. Uh, but, um, but yeah, Lucas has a little break. Uh, you know, they take they they go. Uh, Skip both these next two weekends of Bristol racing. Uh, of course, they got a lot of schedule and a lot of busy racing coming up. So I'm sure those drivers who are specifically on that tour, uh, they don't mind, uh, you know, have a little bit of a break now early in the season. Robert, we'll go back to Jimmy Owens, talk a lot 
about him real quick. Um, we mentioned last week he's not going to run Lucas Oil, and he comes out swinging at a track he's been to so many years with the Lucas Oil Series. And that's kind of like what we mentioned last week. We're still going to see a lot of these drivers that were household names in Lucas Oil Series going to run their events. And it just proved last weekend when Jimmy Owens comes to town, no matter if he's running the series or not, he will still be competitive. And it's good to see in the sport, I feel like, when J.O. is uh, getting victories. Well, no doubt. You know, that uh, was actually, I think, uh, Jimmy's second uh, win at, at Atomic. And I think he's one of only – I think there's only three other guys that have two wins there maybe. Uh, Scott Bloomquist, Jonathan Davenport, and and you have to go way back actually to uh, to Eddie Carrier Jr., who who won there when the track uh, was called Casey Raceway. So uh, uh, Jimmy Owens definitely anytime he comes to town, you know if you go even if you go back to Boyd's, I think on on Saturday where he ran third, I think if if he had started on the pole, he probably wins that race. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure that track conditions were were really conducive to a lot of passing. Uh, I think Peyton Freeman was really good, and I think uh, Jimmy was right there with him uh, lap after lap. And then, of course, Ricky Weiss uh, wins that race. But I think if I think if Owens starts on the pole of that race, you know, he probably he probably leads every lap and wins that and maybe gets two, two wins on the weekend. So, uh, you know, uh, anytime Jimmy Owens comes to town, you can't count him out. He's just like uh, Adele McDowell or or um, or Jonathan Davenport or any of these guys who who have proven themselves year after year after year. Uh, there's there's absolutely no, um, you know, the parity in the sport now is is to the point where anytime anyone wins, it's not a real surprise. So to see the O Show pick up a win, and you know, it's not shocking. We're going to come right back to you, Robert. What else caught your eye this past week and other than Owens' is win at Atomic? Uh, definitely, you know, like I, uh, what I just mentioned, Ricky Weiss winning at, uh, at, down there at Boyd's. Uh, I think that's his first Shamrock win. I think that's his first Ultimate Southeast Series win. And, you know, uh, Ricky, like several guys, uh, like Stormy Scott and uh, Kyle Bronson last year, uh, have migrated to this Tennessee area so they can, you know, with Ricky being a Canadian and uh, the Scott brothers living way out in New Mexico uh, with uh, Kyle Bronson living way down in Florida, it's really difficult for those guys week after week to even get home week after week to when they're out following a tour. And the Tennessee area where we're at here is really central to a lot of events and of course, so uh, Ricky has kind of set up shop here in uh, in Middle Tennessee, and it just makes sense for him to to get out and race as much as possible. He he runs probably probably about two hours away down to to Chattanooga or, or Ringgold, Georgia, and picks up a win. I don't think it's a surprise to see him get out and get some more regional victories. And I think uh, one of the things that maybe uh, maybe Kevin mentioned in one of our chats that, that that's his first victory since beginning to build his sniper chassis. And I think that's a big confidence booster for, for Ricky Wise to go down there. Plus the history of the Shamrock, I'm, I'm in the process of trying to put together and piece together the history of the Shamrock for our history page on, on Dirt on Dirt because I think it's such a, a long-running event. I think it'll be a good addition to – 
to get all those results in there. So I'm kind of in the process of trying to get that together for our history page. And you look back, there are a lot of guys, a lot of really good guys, a lot of good drivers who have worn that big green hat. And, uh, and so if you look back at those victory lane pictures we had, you know, Ricky looked really great wearing that big, big green uh, shamrock uh, hat there. So, uh, so kudos to him this weekend. Yeah. And Kovac, maybe uh, Ricky Weiss needs to go to Mexico a few more times because when he came back, you know, a couple weeks later, he gets the big win. Like you mentioned, I was wondering if that was his first win since creating that chassis, huge boost and confidence for that guy. Yeah, yeah, Ricky didn't win a single race last year. His last win of any kind was a was a crate race back at Bulls Gap at the end of 2020, and he had won uh, you know a couple outlaw races early in 2020. Remember, he won his first one was at New Me- in New Mexico at Vado, and then he also won uh, out there in Minnesota uh, back when uh, right that one of those first races coming back after the pandemic uh, like break there early in the spring, and we so when he won those two races. Early in the year at, with with the outlaws, I mean, it seemed like man, this here he. I mean, Ricky is is getting his you know his footing. You know, he's he's going to become a a regular guy. You know, getting a contender for the championship maybe because he seemed like a very good point race. He finished his highest second in the points with the outlaws, uh, and then last year he decided to go uh, you know do his own deal there with uh, with the sniper chassis with help from uh, uh, you know some some other people and. And uh, J.R. Haley, especially from Wisconsin, and and it, it, he he lost that little bit of rhythm. I guess he had. I mean, obviously, it's always going to be tough to to start out a new chassis business, and on top of that, run all over the place all year and not have anybody else, uh, you know, be able to bounce ideas off. So he was facing a lot of, uh, you know, uh, an uphill climb. I think last year, and just never was able to really get rolling and and get that win and. And so it seems like this year he's sort of pulling back a little bit and, and, and rather than staying out on a tour all year, uh, which, I mean, I think he's a very good tour racer. I think he could, I, I saw him as a guy that would be a good tour racer for a long time as he could, uh, you know, get some, he's a, he's a good point chaser. It seemed like too. And once he started winning races, that would even make him tougher. Uh, so now he's sort of rebuilding, I guess, this year, getting himself back and he needed that. That was a good win for him. I mean, that's going to go a long way to uh, putting him, back on the on the map here i guess and, and in his mind also that hey we can do it now uh now he just has to go get some uh, you know big five you know five figure wins and and see how the rest of the season goes yeah a pretty good fuel that showed up two last weekend on saturday todd when you're doing the results for race wire or weekend weekend recaps what caught your eye before we get to our topic well i just hope we don't leave out uh dustin mitchell down there in north carolina uh, the Sealbot Bandits, which have a have a pretty good payout for a limited late model series, um, and you might note that Robert last week had uh, had previewed that race, the Mark Bat Memorial, uh, talking about the late uh, North Carolina engine builder. But Dustin Mitchell got ten thousand bucks out of that. That's some pretty good money uh, for that crowd down there. So let's uh, let's not miss out on that. But there were um, handful of nice regional races last year and we're or last week and we're really kind of moving into where uh it's going to be busier and busier provided mother nature lets us uh get going here dustin mitchell 10 grand you don't see that much in the limited and we have to give a shout out to hunt the front gang their flat tire crossing the finish line there with the joiner clan down there at southern raceway their home track so big uh sas win for them and this weekend, guys, big time money is on the line at Bristol for the Bristol Dirt Nationals. 
Friday and Saturday, $250,000 a win. The next week in April 1st and 2nd, two more $50,000 wins at the Monster Half Mile with a points fund of $300,000. And I believe $100,000 is going to the win winner for so four races at one racetrack, $300,000. That is unreal money. And Kovac, we're going to dive in this a little more. And I, reading your fast talk got me uh, thinking a little bit. We're starting to see it this week and how big of an impact like this mini series is having on the traditional national touring series, starting with Chris Madden, the points leader for the World of Outlaws. Madden has decided, uh, I mean, unless there's something change here, maybe there's always weather problems. You know, you never know with weather. Uh, you could look at weather and uh, and decide not to go to Bristol, but he has Bristol both weekends on his schedule, even though he leads the World of Outlaws points. And the World of Outlaws are at Cherokee Speedway this weekend for two nights on Friday and Saturday. They're running against the Bristol races. And the next week also, they'll be running at Farmer City for the Illini 100 weekend. Uh, and to see Madden not run a race at Cherokee, for one, is pretty uh, a pretty big deal, I guess, because that's his home track. And he just won a race there a few weeks ago uh, uh, for, for $10,000 in the March Madness show. Uh, it, it's, it, it'll be a big uh, missing uh, driver in that field this weekend if, if things don't change. But that's, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that Chris Madden went home after Florida, after Speed Weeks, and when he left Volusia, even though he's in the point lead and in a really good position, he's got a good 50 points on on uh, Brandon Shepard even, uh, which for the Outlaws, that, that's a nice little cushion to start the season. Uh, but he's looking back and forth at it. You know, you, you look at this, at the money possible to win just this weekend at, at uh, I mean, God, if, he, if, he, if you do go there and you sweep all four races, that's 200 grand. You got to win the points for you too. That's 300 grand right there. I mean, and that's, that's as much as a lot of guys probably will win all year on a, on a national tour if they don't like have a, a, a win a lot of races, if they're just being consistent uh, and win the championship. If you, if you're winning a lot of races, you can get up near that half million and above uh, uh total. But I mean, a, a typical year of, of just consistency and, and a good points finish would probably put you in that 300 grand area. You could do that in one weekend here. Even if you don't win all four of them, you still could come out of there with well, you know, over two hundred thousand dollars just with second place finishes and a, and a couple wins. So it, it's he's just looking at that, and I guess it's hey, this, it's a better deal for me. Kyle Bronson, now uh, uh, Lucas Oil regular for the last three years, uh, four years. I mean, he didn't go to uh, to Atomic on Sunday, and, and it looks like he's pulling back now. He says, I mean, he's spotted a race, so it doesn't look like he'll be a he'll, he's going to become a reg, say a regular with the Lucas Oil series. Uh, from what he told me, uh, I, I checked with him, and he says that they're just kind of one race was too far to go just for him to to run one event on the weekend when he has these races, uh, you know, four night four days, fifty thousand at, at Bristol over the next two weekends. He decided to just sit back, re regroup a little bit, and and then just uh, go to go to race race for money now instead of running for points at, at, all season. So that's another one that's uh, this this uh way the the schedule is with these big xr races it's costing the national tour race or uh, a national tour another regular which you know i mean not and you can see it too when you have those that much money on the line for those few races and you're going to look at it and like well i got to go all the way to one race here in At atomic just for one night it doesn't look as attractive for even if you're getting show up money yeah that's one thing though for a guy down in the southeast to drive all the way to atomic but todd what's the 
cause uh, the panic button, cause of concern, because Brandon Overton and Chris Madden, like Kovac says, will not be at Cherokee. That's equivalent to like Shannon Babb and Bobby Pierce not racing at Fairbury for a World of Valor race if they were going to like somewhere a couple hours on the road for this much money. Is it a cause of concern? Do you hit the panic button if you are the World of Outlaws because they're actually going up head-to-head moving forward in the future of the sport? Uh, I don't know if it's panic button time. I mean, you do hate to lose your points leader, who, who a guy you would like to have on the series and would make that series stronger. So I'm sure the, the outlaws, if that turns out where Madden indeed goes to Bristol and doesn't uh, stick with the series, that, you know, you hate to lose that. I, I think this is a real, this time in the season, we're going to really see this this uh, shuffling out of where everybody's going to land. Um, and it's there's a lot of components to it. It's all the big money up for grabs. Um, we had Brandon Overton last year, didn't run a national tour and had a great season. Some guys might look at that and think, Hey, I can, I can get some of that money by doing that. Uh, of course, all the national tour or the world of Outlaws and Lucas oil, both had boosted their points funds and made it much more lucrative. Uh, you know, XR, the new kid on the block doesn't have a season long points fund, but they kind of hung themselves with these, uh, uh, hung their hat on the fact that they have this Bristol points fund, which is, you know, darn near close to the to the national tour points fund. Plus, they have a double down thing uh, in Vegas where you can double your money on your your purse out there. So uh, lots of options, lots of ways to go. Uh, um, I, I don't know about panic button, but everybody is watching to see where drivers are going to go and what they're. Uh, what they think is worth it to to race. And there's so many components to it. We have show up money, different bonuses with the series, being on a certain streaming service, uh, you know, location geographically. I mean, there there is an array of, of factors that a driver and a team uh, has to address. Like Chris Madden said, he kind of got his, his sponsors and best ass together and said, you know, this is what we want to do. Uh, and, and as he said before, national, a national touring title maybe doesn't, rank up as high with him as other people um you know it, it just it just depends on what you want do you want money do you want guaranteed do you want uh, a little more security with the show up money and such uh, lots of different factors deciding what you're going to do and i think uh, uh it's going to play out here in the next couple of months and then at the end of the year we can kind of look at hey here were lucas oil regulars here were the um world of outlaws regulars there may be some guys that run most of the xr you know there's some loyalty bonuses there as well uh and to see who went independent you know then we'll kind of break down and see see it how how it all shakes out it's going to be interesting no doubt yeah crazy crazy time we are in and my argument is especially over the last couple of years maybe since 2020 just because of covid and all that how much racing we are doing how much racing is paying now. I just think maybe fans, when they go to the racetrack, eh, they're, you know what, we don't really care about the points racing anymore. That's what they we've been doing a long time. I think we're kind of switching that with the fans and maybe, you know what, hey, these guys are still going to show up. Jimmy Owens still going to go to Atomic. Jimmy Owens will still be at February for the Prairie Dirt. I know he's not running this series, but it is what it is. But, Robert, you made up a good point. If you're Cherokee next year, uh, Laurel Valos come to your door and said, hey, you guys want to race on Bristol weekend, they might think maybe not now. We didn't have Brandon Overton and Chris Madden. They're going to Bristol like two stout named drivers and two drivers who went a lot of money at that racetrack and bring in a lot of fans. You know, I, I definitely think that it could, uh, you know, affect the the way you think attracts, at least think about scheduling events um, moving forward. 
you know, I've always been a proponent of thinking, well, when I've always thought that when two tracks schedule on top of each other, uh, the winner there is, is the, 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 the driver, uh, the drivers aren't all that. They really don't care. I mean, if, if they're going to split a field as a driver, it makes it your job a whole lot easier. The people who kind of lose out are the fans. Uh, they're the ones who, who are, are like, well, I'm used to going to uh, Cherokee and seeing Chris Madden and Brandon Overton and Chris Ferguson, who, you know, Kevin just pointed out to us through our, through our online chat here that who, who Chris Ferguson also won't be at, at Cherokee. So you're used to going and seeing those three guys and now you're not, you're not going to. So uh, the fans are the ones that kind of lose out on the deal. So as a track, which, you know, the thing about Cherokee is, is man, it always draws a, a crazy amount of fans. So, you know, I, I think you could, you know, you could have a $10,000, um, four cylinder race at Cherokee and that, and that's, there's going to pack them in there. But, uh, but so, you know, the fans definitely kind of are the ones who are like, well, you know, where was Madden? Well, he's at Bristol, you know, and it's only from great court, South Carolina to Bristol, Tennessee is only a three hour drive. So it's not like he's going way out of his way. This is, you know, Chris Madden to get to Bristol. It's not like he's driving 10 hours, and skipping a, a race that's an hour away. And it's only a three hour drive to Bristol. So it kind of makes sense to him. And and for a guy like Chris Madden, it also shows his extreme confidence. Two things for a Chris Madden. It shows his, his extreme confidence in his his own ability to go to a to Bristol and, and make money. To go to Bristol and either win a race or finish high in that points deal. Cause, you know, like Kevin pointed out about winning you know, all the Kevin pointed out about winning all those Bristol races. You don't have to win them all for sure to make good money up there. And this week you could go, if you do say you go run second, every, every race odds are you're probably going to win the points. So that's going to be 200,000 right there. If you run second, you don't have to win them all to make good money this weekend. So, uh, uh, and the other thing that we haven't even mentioned, there are so many facets to this like that that you guys have talked about, but we haven't even mentioned that there's uh, $30,000 on the line at Davenport, you know, the Mars races, you know, for which, you know, Davenport and Bristol long ways away compared to Bristol and Cherokee, but still there might, you know, there's a lot of big money on the line this weekend. So it's going to be interesting to see how those races are, are broken up you know, in terms of, of uh, where the guys go and who makes money and who leaves Bristol with a lot of money. Because here's the thing, it could, it like I said, you don't have to win them all to make money. Somebody's going to leave Bristol with $100,000. And we don't know if that person's going to have one win and he's going to leave with $150,000 and some other money, or if he's going, you know, that's the, the thing to me that's going to be very interesting to see is who leaves Bristol, not necessarily with the wins, but who leaves with that $100,000 points thing, who who did receive the ultimate payoff by, by throwing their hat in the ring and saying, I'm going to run these four races. Because to me, the points deal for four races is is just gargantuan. It, it's It's incredible. Uh, to me, um, to do that. So, you know, kind of back to your point, 
or you know, it does. When we shake this down, when we look at see who went where, it will make tracks look and see should we schedule this race on this particular weekend. How will that affect our crowd? How will that affect our driver count? And see what's happening because you know let's be quite honest there aren't enough days in the year apparently right now to get all these races scheduled yeah robert a wild wild time no doubt about that races galore davenport's racing for 30 grand that won't be affected by crowd or car count because you have all those midwest guys that are going to go up there and race for tony Izzo. shout out to big t ti but kovac i want to ask you really quick before we get our final thoughts about bristol I mean, Lucas Oil, they're deciding not to race against these series races until, you know, September, the Jackson 100. World of Outlaws are going head on. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, I, I think that factors into, like, uh, there's a lot of interesting things that are going to be happening here. Like, now that we're now that they're starting, now, now that these XR races are starting, we're diving into them, the big money things. I mean, they've made some splashes here with, uh, with the money that they're paying. They, they did these big money shows last year. That, that got attention, but uh, now there's more of them and guys are, and there's going to be teams now that do, do we just go focus on that? I mean, like one factor I kind of look at is uh, now it, so much of the late model racing as for, for full-time drive, we're talking about guys uh, that are going to race for a living has been based on kind of quantity, you know, I mean, you got to race a lot to race, to get your money, you know, you know make enough money. Uh, you, you don't really just, you can't just focus on like 30 or 40 races a lot of times and, and make it because you the, the guys are going to make the most money are typically going to also be a national tour guy that's getting that money at the end of the year with the points fund. But this year, I mean, the pressure will be on more guys. I know that. I mean, look at Jonathan Davenport. He only ran a, a handful of races so far this year. I did figure out Jonathan Davenport uh, this year. He's made, he went, uh, what did he do, five races, I think, in, in, at, uh, at Speed Weeks. and. He's made eight, but just a little under twenty thousand dollars. I I don't know exactly if he hit, if he got like some champion show up money for uh, Lucas Oil Series. I think he probably did because I think they, they still get that even if you're not a regular. Uh, but he's made under twenty thousand dollars so far this year, and, and this is going towards the end of March. Last year, going into Bristol, remember he won one of the fifty grand. He won the fifty grand race at Bristol last year. Uh, going into Bristol last year, he had already made almost $80,000. It was over $75,000 before he even got to Bristol because he had a great memory. He went out to the Wild West shootout. He had a great Wild West shootout. He won over 50 grand just at the Wild West shootout with the bonuses that he got, the bonus that he got and the three wins and the finishing up front. Uh, he had he had a bad speed weeks, 14,000 only last year. But still, I mean, he had over 76, 000, over almost $80,000 won. This year he's only got 18. He's got to win these races now. You can't have bad nights when he doesn't have point fund money at the end of the year. He's not running all those Lucas races all over the place. Uh, so he's going to have less races this year to make the money that he did last year, which was a, a lot. I think he made over $600,000 total. He can do it. I mean, obviously he could do it in one race. If you just focus on the million at Eldora, your year's made. Uh, but you can't have a bad weekend now uh at a lot of these places like at bristol and and i also want to just look at like i think there's a lot of promoters that are looking at this now too i mean you talk to promoters and they're like a lot of them don't know how xr is paying all this money a three hundred thousand dollar points fund for four races uh i mean they're, they're not filling the place at bristol it's not going to be fifty thousand people there every night 
Uh, and there's probably won't be as many back gate cars this year with the support divisions as there was last year. There's, there's, they had over a thousand entered in, in support divisions for the first Bristol Dirt Nationals. And the second year, you know, it's, it's, it's always uh, a lower car count. I mean, the, the, the first time uh, thrill isn't there. So you wonder if there'll be enough there and, uh, and they do these races once a month. I mean, is this, the promoters are looking at it and these are races that the tracks aren't owned by XR. They're all uh, kind of, uh, uh, you know, they're leased out or I mean, who knows? I don't, everybody knows not know the exact deal that they have, especially at the Bristol's and the, in the Texas and the Las Vegas. I mean, that that's, uh, that's unknown exactly what kind of like lease deals they have, but, there's a lot of factors going into like how are they paying all this money? Uh, is it going to be that if, if it works unbelievably because they have so much streaming or whatever, it's going to be hard for regular racetracks to be able to compete with that. I mean, how does Cherokee, just a local, a, a one track owner, compete with that when they're not getting all that money from streaming that other track that, that the XR does because they're putting the races on? And they also have the streaming. So there's a lot of financial things, I think, that will be watched by a lot of people in the industry this year. Yeah, a lot of questions will be answered this weekend and next weekend with the XR series going to Bristol. Uh, Let's go around the room here for future weekend thoughts coming up. It could be Bristol. It could be the Fall Brawl. It could be anything, which, by the way, Fall Brawl, Tony Izzo Race will be live at Flow Racing. But final thoughts uh, coming up this weekend, Todd, what do you got? Well, I, I do think it's interesting that the Bristol Points Fund is it's required to have three of the four races get in, uh, which could be a tough decision for Dan Robinson and those guys. If if we get if you know, and, I, and I'm just throwing it out there, say one gets canceled and then you're down to the next one, maybe getting canceled. I mean, what a huge decision that's going to be because this point fund of three hundred thousand goes away. It's not halved or part of it paid out. It goes from 300000 to zero if they only get two races in. So, you know, who knows what the weather's going to be? We're not going to, we can't predict all that, but that, that could, that could be a, a vital decision if it's kind of a close call on whether the rain went out or not. Uh, you know, hopefully they won't, they won't come to that. That would be no fun making that decision. Uh, also, the Bristol, uh, looking at the fields there from last year, uh, they're a little bit top heated. There's some really strong drivers there, but, you also get a kind of a weird mix of drivers, clearly some guys who just wanted to run at Bristol. So it'll be interest, interesting this year to see uh, they have more money and more points fund. Uh, will that draw more top drivers or will, will we still see uh, a mixture of, uh, you know, lesser, lesser unheralded guys uh, in this field uh, and what type of car count you'll have to beat? Uh, it's uh, there, there's a lot of unknowns about it, but it, it'll be interesting to see. I'm sure everybody's interested to see who does show up and uh, and what it looks like uh, once they get there and get going this weekend. Robert, you're a Tennessee boy. Any uh, final thoughts coming up this weekend there at Bristol or any other events we have coming up? Are you not going to have to be a double agent this year, will you, to get into the Dirt Nationals or what? No, uh, fortunately, you know, we've got all that stuff squared away and, uh, I'm, I'm set and ready to go and and looking forward, really looking forward to going up there and and covering the event. It's, uh, it's going to be a a fun weekend, both, uh, both weekends. I think, uh, you know, what I, one thing that I think that, um, I'm not sure if it'll come up again. So I want to go ahead and mention it is, is we've mentioned, uh, in our talks before that this could be a year that we see a guy for the first time 
get a uh, you know win his first five figure race because there's so many big races and and things spread out, you know. And this could be the first time that a, a some unheralded driver wins a, a you know really big payday. On the flip side of that, with some of these drivers deciding not to run the tour, what we could see is some unheralded drivers have really good finishes on national tours. Some guys that we didn't expect to finish in the top five in, in a national you know, tour get those kind of finishes and have excellent paydays at the end of the year. So this opens the door for, for a lot of different scenarios. It opens the door for a guy who maybe was thinking, I need to go out here and if I run every one of these races with the World of Outlaws or the Lucas Oil, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to finish eighth in points. And all of a sudden, you look down at the end of the year, and he's in the mix for a top five finishing points because some other guys chose not to follow a tour. So it opens the door again. The fans are the ones who who bite the bullet when this happens. It's not the drivers. The drivers have a great opportunity to make money. For instance, at Bristol this weekend, last place pays twenty five hundred to win. So if you're a driver and you can go make all those races and not even finish in the top 10, you're going to collect $10,000. Now, that's going to barely probably pay your way. But what that does is it probably does barely pay your way. So you're, you know, if you go up and you make every race, you're probably able to to recoup most of your the money that it you know that you have spent you know, as I say, a regional driver and continue to go on and run regional races without breaking the bank. So, you know, without having to get too far into your, your own pocketbook, if you can go up there and make every race. So that's, this, these aren't 500 to start races. These are 2,500 to start events. So for a regional guy to go up there and make one of these races or all four of them, that's like, that's like winning a, a, a an I-95 or our or fuel race. That's like winning you know, uh, a Southern all-star race, if you can go make two of them. So, you know, for a regional guy, he has an opportunity to kind of go up there. And like Todd said, they're kind of top heavy, but when you get in that middle, that middle rung there, if you can go up there and run third or fourth in your heat race, fourth in your heat, say you go run fifth in your heat, start on the front row of your concy, you've made the race. It's $2,500 concy. There are guys there that have an opportunity to make uh, a name for themselves, even if they don't go out there and make a million dollars. And you bring up a good point. A lot of good money for regional guys to go down there and have a go down there or up there and have a good time at the Monster Half Mile Bristol. It is definitely a sight to see. Kovac, what do you got for us for this upcoming weekend? Todd had a really good point there about the uh, the point fund for Bristol. I mean, if if they don't get all the races in, uh, if they don't get that certain the three races in, then the point fund goes away, and that's a uh, man. That's I think that kind of points out like the gamble that a lot of drivers will be taking this year. I mean, racing is always a gamble. I mean, it's, it's, you're, you're, you're basically, uh, you know, going to the, uh, to the casino and, and, and throwing your money out there and hoping that you you hit the jackpot with a big win. Cause most of the time you're going to lose money, but there is opportunities for big time, you know, big time jackpots for these drive for teams this year. And, and, and going to these XR races is definitely that's what they have on their mind. They have that. They have that jackpot, that million-dollar jackpot at Eldora, too. And if you focus on that, 
but that is a gamble. You know, usually you have that, those series, uh, they bring the stability to a guy's season, sort of, you know, you, you, you kind of know you can, with the show up money and the points fund right off the bat and, and provisionals, you know, this is about how much I can guarantee myself of winning. And then beyond that is about your performance, obviously. Uh, but you can, you can pencil it in. This is, I'm going to make this much money. I have that. When you don't have that, when you're just going to, to independent schedule, I think, I think Brandon Overton told you, right. Uh, right. Uh, Derek, that it's, you know, if you're not in the top three, you're going to, you're going to be in trouble. You know, you're not guaranteed. You, you don't qualify for a race. You're not getting a provisional, you know? So there's a lot of, a lot of a uh, gamble going in there to, to try to, uh, to throw this in there. And then if you go now here, what happens if you don't, if you don't, uh, if they don't get all those races in at Bristol, that's a big chunk of that money that you're looking at that won't be there. And, and, and they, I, I remember back, you know, back in 2014 when the NDRL was around uh, and the R came with this big money series that they're running. Some guys went into, to, to, you know, they went committed to that and, and went to do it. And they had a big point fund and, and the thing ended in June. Uh, and those guys who had done that were out all, you know, they, they didn't get to get the point fund money at the end of the year. They didn't get those races that they were planning. So there's a lot of uh, uh, th that gamble went awry for them. Uh, I'm not saying that would happen here with X XR has been, they've gotten, they've paid all their money that, that they've had last year and, and never had any, have a, there's been any stories that they haven't. So, but it is a new thing. And that new thing is always, there's always a little wonder, Hey, is this going to work or whatever? So I, I think that's, a, that's a something that's on their mind too. So that's, it all starts to go. It starts to come a lot, come, a, come into focus this, this weekend. So that's kind of exciting to, to see something to, to talk about. Yeah, it's exciting times in dirt late model racing. Where are drivers going to go? Who's going to compete in what series? You've got the world of outlaws putting their foot down, their flag down, saying, you know what? This isn't going to phase us. We're still going to have races. Lucas Oil, they'll have an event against one of them later on in September, later on in the year. So it's very uh, wild times we're in. Great for the drivers. Hopefully good for the fans that come out and support all the events. But as always, guys, we end the show with one more thing. And Robert, I think, you're going to kind of allude to it. This race probably won't be affected nearly as much as the other races will be at Bristol. We got the Thaw Brawl there in Davenport. Tony Izzo, new racetrack for the Thaw Brawl. It's going to be a very, very fun event with a great field. Tyler Herb's supposed to be there. And, of course, all the Illinois guys. So do I even need to give my one more thing since you literally just did it? Well, I mean, it's, you're going to like go into discussion more, buddy. No, I, no, it really wasn't. I was just like – going to talk about the thaw brawl and i mean for i mean for, now i've got hold on let me do some research no in, in all seriousness yes yeah, I, I mean it is the 11th annual thaw brawl and and i was going to mention that uh tyler herb was heading out there and i assume that bobby pierce and all those great uh midwestern uh, you know drivers are going to be out there and uh yeah i was going to also mention that it's at a new track uh not LaSalle anymore and I was going to mention that it pays ten thousand dollars on Friday and a, a nice twenty thousand dollars on Saturday uh yeah well that's you know I don't you didn't you didn't leave you left me crumbs man golly so anyway <laughs> uh 
Quad Cities, go this weekend if you're in the area. It's a great place. I used to live in LaSalle, and it's not that far from the Quad Cities. And uh, there's, there's, uh, I was up there for the World of Outlaws races in, um, in August, I believe. And it's, uh, it's a beautiful area. Uh, lots to do up there. You go down on the river. Uh, go check out the casinos. Lots to do in the Quad Cities area, as well as go over to Davenport Speedway, a beautiful facility there at the fairgrounds, and check out uh, Tony Izzo. And and uh, like I said, Derek didn't. He kind of left me crumbs. Uh, but uh, lots to do there, and go over there and see. Uh, there's there's a fast food place across the racetrack you know to grab some food there's a nice little grocery store right down the from the track on the right that has a, a nice deli where you can go and get some some good food and some fruit and stuff uh, that's where i ate every meal when i was uh, at the track there and back in august so uh go check it out uh, if you're in the midwest it's going to be uh um I suspect it'll be a great show. In, in all seriousness, it's going to be a, a good show because those guys in the Midwest, they're not going to travel to Bristol uh, unless they just are, are on vacation or something. They're not going to pass up Davenport to go to Bristol or go to Cherokee. They're going to be a, should be a great field. And, uh, and so go check it out. I suspect it'll be great racing on Friday and Saturday night in all seriousness. Sorry, Robert. I was just trying to be a coach Calipari and give you a, little motivation and a little uh, get the ball rolling for you. So that was my bad. But you finished it strong, just like on Thursday no, night. No offense. We do not need a Coach Cal Perry right now. That's the last thing we need. So, you know. <laughs> what do you got for your one more thing? I, I want to go back. Just uh, I should have mentioned him earlier, I think, uh, when we were talking about some weekend stuff. But a, a weekend winner, a Colton Flinner, won the ULMS race at, at Port Royal on Sunday. A uh, big win for him. I mean, he won the opener too uh, two weeks earlier at uh, at Port Royal. I mean, uh, Colton. He, it's been what five years, six years now since he ran the Lucas Oil Series with you know the smaller trailer and and just as basically his dad with him for all the races. Uh, just did a um uh, uh it's in, in he you know struggled. I mean, but he is he's re- he's coming. He's really improved the last few years. He, he's shown a lot of improvement, and I think. Uh, He's got a little you know, chip on his shoulder now too, like he showed in Victory Lane he, on Sunday. After he wins, he dominated that race. He won by over almost seven seconds over uh, Greg Satterley, who's really, really good at Port Royal. Uh, and and there's in Victory Lane, Colton mentioned how some of his friends out in Western PA uh, thought that he won that opener just because there wasn't at Port Royal a few weeks ago because there wasn't a competition there. There was only 18 cars at that race, so. And then he tells them they can kiss my ass afterwards. So I was like, whoa, I, I wasn't expecting that from uh, Colton. He's usually a kind of a mild-mannered uh, uh, character, you know. So I, I think that he has a little intensity to him there this year. She wants to show that uh, that he's coming along as a, uh, you know, his, he's developing as a driver. And and I think we even, like, in our fast talk, I, would, I, I think I mentioned him as one of the guys that could be one of those Cinderella's this year, maybe wins a national tour race in his neck of the woods. Uh, but congratulations to Colton. That was a, a, a really good performance by him on Sunday. Uh, uh, his first ULMS win. He's supposed to run for the championship also uh, with ULMS this year. I think that's a, he could be the guy maybe that replaces uh, Max Blair as the as the big guy since Blair's now gone off to the world of outlaws. Yeah, Flinter, big-time win. Great car count, as always, at Port Royal. That place just keeps impressing me, the entire country, every single year. Todd, what is your one more thing before I get to mine? 
So my one more thing is about uh, a new employee at Dirt on Dirt who will start next week. That's Kyle McFadden. And hopefully you'll be hearing his voice here on the Dirt Reporters. He's going to be a staff writer for us. He's uh, lives in Frederick, Maryland, and has covered a lot of mid-Atlantic races, uh, uh, all kinds of dirt races, sprint cars and uh, uh, late models. Also done some str- uh, stringing for basketball games and other sports for the uh, Washington and Baltimore newspapers there. Accomplished writer, and we're very happy to have him on staff. So. Look forward to hearing uh, from Kyle McFadden and reading. He actually wrote a couple stories for us, uh, uh, I guess tentatively as a freelancer uh, here this last weekend, and he'll uh, join us full-time uh, next week. So uh, well, join us to welcome him uh, when he comes on the Dirt Reporters uh, sooner rather than later. Does that mean you're retiring from this or what? Is that kind of like a lead-in that you're done? or? <laughs> well, I, I don't think we should maybe have that discussion here, but we'll, we'll see how it sorts out. But I would – I would definitely like Kyle to take part uh, take part in the Dirt Reporter. For sure. We're glad to have Kyle on staff. Uh, great story. Go look it up, the UMS story, talking about there's changed in the guards, how uh, we got some new drivers there since Max Blair will be running the World of Outlaws, not running that series. He seemed like he wins a billion of those races every single year. Uh, my one more thing, I'm going back to him. I think I mentioned him three or four weeks ago, but shout out to uh, the late uh, – Delvis Conley's grandson, Tanner Holden, who uh, put on a show in the March Madness game. He outscored the nation's leading scorer, Peter Kiss, who had 28 points. Holden, Tanner Holden, number two, four rights. They had 37 points in the victory. I thought it was cool to see him hooping last week. They had a couple uh, racing connection stories saying, you know, he's playing for his grandfather, the Hall of Famer, Delmas Conley. Their season ended, though, when they had to go against a wagon of Arizona, but Hell of a year for the junior guard. He's number two. So if you ever got to see him uh, play in March, he uh, was a treat to watch. So I'm going to give him another shout out for one more thing. It was a great uh, weekend of hoops, guys. What was your favorite race, uh, favorite uh, game of the weekend, Kovac? You had to have one that you saw that you liked. Oh, God, geez. I, I, like I go back. I mean, that Kentucky one was pretty interesting. I, I know that. that uh... oh, that, uh, that. that Robert didn't like the outcome of that, but hey, that's a new drama. I'm from New Jersey. Uh, St. Peter's from New Jersey. Got, got the win, you know, so uh, I, I I didn't mind seeing that. I like the St. Peter's uh, with the little run going on here, little Cinderella run. Uh, there's a number 15 seed was uh, pretty cool. Uh, I, that, that was a really good game, too, uh, it, depending on, on on who you were rooting for, I guess. But. That was mean. You didn't have to do that, Robert. Did he? The Peacocks, Coach Holloway, and company. <laughs> well, it definitely uh, was the the most anticipated game for me going into the weekend. Uh, by far, not my favorite game of the weekend. Uh, after after UK lost, I you know. When Kentucky loses, the basketball season is over for me. I'm that guy. I love sports and stuff. But when Kentucky loses, I'm done. Uh, I have not watched a complete game since. Uh, and it also frees me up to – I literally – when Kentucky loses almost every time, which has happened a lot in the last decade, I'll look at my wife and I'll say, well, racing season started now officially. And so I went to Duck River to race with my brother Saturday night and come home to find out that uh, – I think it was Saturday night, yes, that Tennessee had lost. And so that instantly became my favorite game of the weekend uh, when I came home and found out. I didn't even watch it, but uh, I sent my, my son a text. I'm like, 
Tennessee lost with question marks. And he's like, yeah, LOL, you know. And so that became my favorite game of the weekend immediately. Rocky top officially was Rocky bottom on Saturday night. So uh, all in all, it was a great weekend of racing, great weekend of college hoops. Uh, This weekend, same thing, college hoops, Sweet 16 weekend. We got a plethora of racing live at Flow Racing. We got the Thaw Brawl. Big time racing at the Bristol Dirt Nationals and the World of Outlaws via Cherokee. All stuff in between. We got other regional races as well. But be sure to check out all the stories these three write and uh, catch all the action at Dirt on Dirt and Flow Racing. We'll see you next week on the Dirt Reporters. 